welcome to the 101st episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today, we will finally be finishing JoJo's Golden Wind in a little mini episode to finish the last anime from the spring 2019 season. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and the podcast feed. If you only want to hear about one or two specific shows, there's only one show to hear about today. Uh, and we will be spoiling all of it. Leo cannot escape the fate chosen for him. All that remains is the end, where all hope and mysteries will perish. Eternal greatness exists only within our dreams. Sing a song of sorrow in a world where all understanding has vanished. Uh, my name is Becom, uh, and I'm really concerned about my keyboard constantly ringing. And the cat's barking. And this weird stone ball that keeps rolling around wherever I go. Nothing really makes sense anymore. <laughs> uh, please save me, cat. Please save me, Leo. <laughs> Ooh, I, dude, just doing three episodes in a row and like three of the maybe most nonsense episodes was rough <sighs> really <Every> time, rough <laughs> okay so like part of me felt bad for you and then part of me was like oh leo has to try and explain this serves him right fucking leo <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i told you this before the broadcast but i don't know how many times like i would type out a sentence and then I'd like reread it and i'm like i gotta word that better that doesn't that still doesn't make any sense <laughs> even though that's it's actually d is explaining what happened in the show but oh it was it, it was something before we get into that that nonsense how about our own nonsense <laughs> oh, okay okay i'll start off uh i have of course been playing fire emblem three houses because uh, the entire anime community is playing that game right now, and so if I didn't, it would be terrible. Oh, see, um, I know nothing about it. I just saw some your guys' banter in chat. Yeah, so it's like a tactics game, you know, and it's just, it's like any other Fire Emblem, except it, it added a lot of, like, Persona-esque elements, because you, the main character, are a school teacher. Uh, at this like prestigious academy that is in between these three countries that are like sort of like in the past have been locked in war. Um, and there are three like Harry Potter esque houses at the academy. That but there's not a fourth one. That's shitty. No, there's you can't not. Have, you can't have it be a Harry Potter esque house if there's not four houses. Well, mm. nobody wanted to join Slytherin house, so they only kept <laughs> well, the other I'm three. I'm Slytherin. Oh, Fuck y'all. I don't doubt that you were Slytherin. I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, basically, you kind of, like, raise some of these students, and you choose one of the houses to be, like, the, the head of, and then uh, you can actually recruit some of the students from other houses into your own house after you get, like intimate with them and by intimate i just mean like you like have a lot of conversations with them and give them tea and gifts and bullshit um uh but yeah it's a really fun game because like there's like a lot of conversations outside of like the actual battles and but all the battles are really fun as well like they've done a really good job of balancing all of the different classes like archers and lancers and knights and pegasus and all these bullshit things uh to be really useful in different ways so you don't feel like there's just like one unit to beat them all or anything however archery is really good and i chose the black eagle's house 
which is the house that's kind of re- led by this future empress whose name is Edelgard. But one of the girls in this house is named her name is Bernadetta. And Bernadetta has had a very tragic and traumatic past, which makes her like the most scared person of anything, of any like social interaction ever. So every conversation she has with you or with her classmates is like she's like basically screaming and trying to run away from you the entire time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but like you slowly get her to come out of her shell and she starts off with some pretty good bow skills. And like in my game right now, I'm in like chapter 14 of this game. Um, she is just like a killing machine. Like she just destroys everything in her path with like ridiculous bow and archery skills. And like, she'll just say lines like birdie is unstoppable. Like after she kills people, (laughs) it's just the best. I love her. Um, though my number one waifu in the game is Petra, who is awesome. And she's also a killing machine at this point. Uh, but yeah, it's a really fun game. Uh, it's, definitely been worth the amount of time that goes into it because it is a long game i think i'm like 45 hours in and i'm like a little over halfway what um, platform is it on uh nintendo switch uh, so i couldn't play Exclusive. if i wanted to yeah. yeah i do have a switch that someone gave me and i just have had it and i've never actually used it mm-hmm. so maybe i should play it you might you might like this because oh man there's some uh pretty cute boys with lots of issues uh who you can recruit (laughs) sounds like my shit it definitely is it definitely is your shit uh like a lot of the girls who i've talked to who've been playing this game are enjoying it just as much as the guys who are playing it so yeah there's something for everybody in this game and there's also, Kat, I know how much you want, like, a wife to come home and cook for you. Yes! There are literal, like, cooking sections in this game where, like, you can go to, like, the mess hall or, like, whatever, the cafeteria, and cook with a specific girl or guy uh, <gasps> to raise your, like, affinity with them and give the rest of your team I'm stat I'm pretty sure bonuses. you just sold her on the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It'll be my virtual cooking uh, husbando slash waifu. It'll be great. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun game. But so that's I've been playing that a lot. So what have you guys been up to? Uh I'll go first since Cat Cat will probably have a lot to say. Uh just one quick thing, the Destiny Two uh Shadowkeep DLC has been postponed from like September sixteenth or seventeenth to October first. So just like two weeks. That's not that bad. Yeah, two weeks, not bad. Well and it's okay, there's really there's two big pauses of this that the community basically most of the Destiny community has said. Uh, number one uh, when Destiny 2 came out, it really wasn't completed, right. and we didn't like that. And we're like, and I saw this just pretty much unanimously. The whole Destiny community is like, if you need two more weeks, take that two more weeks. We're glad <laughs> yeah. you're going to, you know. And this is also one of the cool things, you know, that they Activision probably never will let them do. We're right. like, yes, tweak what you need to do. And also, September is a very heavy video game month, oh, so it yeah. kind of frees us up, especially. Uh, a lot of the community is a are going to be playing Borderlands three, and like I, when I found this out, I I literally went because I know I can play <laughs> fucking Borderlands three for a couple weeks and not have to worry about trying to play some Destiny two. Yeah, does Borderlands but, three come out mid September? Well? I believe so. Yeah, yeah so that would have been there. really tough. I I yeah. can't keep track at this point. There's so much shit coming out. Uh, but mm-hmm. I've also been playing a little game called Banner Saga. There's actually three of them. There are. On the Xbox. I've, I've, I've played a bunch of the first game. Yeah. Okay. And what I was actually 
for whatever reason, I got in the thought of like, how do I explain this game to somebody? And like where my head went was I was like, this is like a modernized uh, Oregon Trail to me. Because yeah, in a lot of ways. <laughs> you literally are going on a uh, adventure. I'm not, not going into specifics, but like on Oregon Trail, you know, you went across the U.S. This, you're basically going over whatever continent this is. Uh, and you're making decisions on the way. You'll like run into some bandits and they're like, yeah, we, we, we robbed and stuff, but you know, we we're wrongly accused. Can we join your company or not? And you can either have them or not. And then like consequences happen and choices you make. People will die and people will mm-hmm. leave you. Uh, I accidentally lost my best defender. <laughs> he was just oh, like no. dead. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, uh, but then it also has like this, uh, turn-based like chessboard type of battle system to kind of mix it up a little bit which is pretty cool yeah it yeah, also has I'm a really, really nice soundtrack by uh composer oh, it's, austin it's beautiful and uh for what the level of the graphics are it is it is a very pretty game like big sweeping landscapes snowy and stuff like that like it's great to look at and like but. the art in the artwork in the cutscenes is really cool uh, mm-hmm. and like evocative of like that time period and everything it's it's definitely awesome yeah and there's like i said there's three of these and i'm still on the first one so yay <laughs> give yeah. me something to do that's exciting oh, man did did cat did you do anything this weekend <laughs> so this weekend was gen con so in i spent a lot of time yes in indy spent a lot of time at the convention center just uh being insane so, like, Gen Con is huge, and this is the first year I've gone all out with Gen Con. I didn't realize how huge it is. Like, from the Indiana Convention Center to Lucas Oil Stadium, it's all Gen Con. Oh, all oh, of the hotels. Fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, all of the, like, meeting areas and all of the hotels, they're all part of the convention. They all are ha- event halls oh with things God. happening. If you look at the schedule for Gen Con, there are probably over a hundred things. I think some hours there were two hundred things happening every hour. Holy crap! Different like panels, different games, stuff like that. They had three or four different escape room companies there, <laughs> like just doing escape rooms constantly. Huh. It was insane. It, I almost w- was overwhelmed. Like I've been to a lot of big conventions, but it's it was so big. And there was so much to do. It was absolute insanity. Uh, can you explain what Gen Con is? Because it d- touches a couple of different areas. Yeah, so it's a gaming convention. It's really um, for all kinds of gaming. It's for like hmm. video games, like um, tabletop games, board games, card games, anything like that. And of course, because that makes it a nerd convention... Pretty much any flavor of nerd, you're also going to find that there. So there are a lot of anime panels within Gen Con. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they have their own area of just anime panels and stuff. And they're labeled, like, anime. And, and you can go in there, like an anime convention. It's almost like a mini anime convention within Gen Con. Um, yeah, you'll see people cosplaying as anime characters and video game characters and all that stuff, too. Yeah, it's insane. And, like, if you go outside... There are food trucks just everywhere. Like, and that's not a thing in Indiana, really. Yeah. There's not, we don't have that many food trucks. No. Every single food truck that like exists 
in Indiana is fucking parked there and they are not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make that money. Um, yeah, it, it, I had a lot of fun. Um, I thought I went all out because I was there every night. But then I like had friends who I would come see them after work and be like, hey, because it went on from like Wednesday until Sunday. Um, Damn. This is a pretty big convention. Um, and I would meet them like on Thursday night and I would have like stayed up drinking with them all night. And I'd come meet them on Thursday and be like, hi, how are you doing? Like, oh, you're, you're drunk again. And they'd be like, no, I, I haven't been sober since the last time I saw you. <laughs> I've just been having fun, and I, and I just would be like, "Well, I guess at least I'm not that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm okay." Um, so it was definitely intense. Like there, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of fun to be had in all kinds of ways. Um, the, even the merch hall, like I guess it's kind of like event slash merch hall, is huge. Like it, it's you can get lost easily. Um, just people selling different board games, um, trying to teach people how to play new games that haven't even come out yet, where like maybe it'll be out officially in six months, but they have copies there to sell and they're teaching people how to play it. Whoa. Um, yeah. Um, so it was a lot of that. Although you have to be careful because sometimes you'll walk past a display and be interested, but you don't necessarily want to be caught up playing this game with someone for 30 minutes and then be pressured into buying it right so you're wanting to look but you don't you don't you're trying to not to make eye contact it's kind of like when you're in the mall and like the person comes up with the hand cream <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. and you're like please no i don't want a demo no <laughs> i just want to look at the box because <laughs> otherwise it'll just eat your entire day that way not that it's not fun, but it, you just can't demo every game. Right. Uh, there's too many. Um, you gotta pick and choose. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was just a lot of bizarre stuff, so I bought a lot. Um, oddly, though, I bought a lot of games, but I think the thing I was most excited about was there was this person there selling laser etching, like, different wooden things. Like, uh-huh. he had um, beer mugs and like boxes that were just really intricately laser etched oh. with different nerd stuff on it. And so I did, I got one from Lord of the Rings and one from um, Game of Thrones, like little, little shot glass size cups because his um, big mugs were like 200 bucks. Cause they're wow. so intricately laser etched. And I was like, fuck no, but I'll get these little <laughs> shot glasses. Nice. <laughs> Damn. That's um, cool. Yeah, I had I had a ton of fun. Um, and every night, like they have parties, and it 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 goes hard, and it's fun. And there's like people cosplaying, dancing. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. I highly recommend if you live near Indian Indy or in Indiana or near Indiana, you should you should come out for it. It's really fun. Did and it... I will make Leo come next year. <laughs> Shit. So did it did it he feel will... like pretty well organized despite its size, or did it feel like uh, it was out of hand? It... It actually it is well organized. I would say just because of its size, you have to look at the schedule and plan for yourself what you're going to do. Yeah. There's not going to be a guide there, someone being like, "Oh, are you into this? Maybe check out these things." There's hmm. a schedule, it's an overwhelming schedule and you just have to look through it and decide what you want to do. So pretty much everybody has their own agenda and they already know where they're going and when. Yeah, so yeah. that probably like, helps, yeah. 
there was a lot of clickishness. I mean, and that's to be expected. Like people who are really into Warhammer 40k, there's like a whole area of Warhammer 40k. I'm sure those people did not leave that area very much, <laughs> right? Because that's their niche right. and that's what they're there for. And then that's similar for a lot of the games. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Oh God, you guys want to get through this? <laughs> oh. Fuck, oh, no, I'm not so excited for this. Make sense of what this is. <laughs> this first episode, number 37, is like the climax of the whole series in almost every way. And so it's the de- it's definitely, the I feel like, the most interesting episode of the three that we're going to talk about. So good luck synopsizing. I thought it, it was Thank over. <laughs> when I watched the first episode we're going to cover of mm-hmm. the three, I was like, it's over now, right? Yeah. Duh. When we get into it, I will say that uh, what was the point of that extra story on the end that did yeah. nothing? <laughs> but okay, we'll wait till we get there. <laughs> so, all right, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five: Golden Wind. We'll be wrapping up the last three episodes. Episode thirty-seven: King of Kings. If you remember, <laughs> if God, you this, remember, because it's been a while, <laughs> Diavolo kills Trisha's body so he can separate his soul from it. And then goes after the arrow. He gets to it and stabs himself, but he actually doesn't because Bruno then finished off uh, Chariot Requiem, and that starts to cause everybody else's souls to return to their uh, original bodies. Yeah. Uh, We're off to a great start. Uh, Bruno, having no body to return to, says his goodbye to Giorno, like his soul, and tells him the rest is up to him before he, you know, it cuts away. And it kind of, like, tries to draw it out as, like, really... You know, like, oh, Bruno's dead. He's gone for good. And it was, it was like, eh. Yeah, eh. it's like, you see, like, eh. is, is is it at this point that you see Jorno looking up in the sky and you see, like, right. little cherub angels, like, around he's like, Bruno? Mm, and there's like, a big Bruno in the clouds and, like, all this stuff. <laughs> he's, like, golden and everything. And I don't know. It just felt so sudden. Like, and so I, I after this happened, like, I expected some bullshit with, like, the time skipping to happen to, like, bring us more time with Bruno in the last couple episodes, but that doesn't really happen. <laughs> this is kind of it. Uh, yeah, so what they do is they cut away and then they show Giorno standing up through like the smoke and he's holding the arrow. And <laughs> then when we... I gotta read this because <laughs> this is so confusing already. Oh my god. Okay, okay then when we come... Uh, oh, we, uh, I think we cut away and like do the intro. And then we come back. It shows everybody like passed out on the ground after we already showed him standing up. Uh, but then Diavolo gets up first and just he's just cannot believe that he has lost. And he's like, I need to retreat. I need to get out of here. But it's of no use because Giorno stands and holds up the arrow like triumphantly. Mm-hmm. And Diavolo continues to think he needs to retreat. When Trish yells at Giorno that he has taken a step back, Giorno then pierces his golden experience with the arrow. But Diavolo had decided not to retreat suddenly for whatever reason at the end. And <laughs> using his powers, he blasts a hole through golden exter- experience before he can actually pierce himself. So, like, the arrow just goes through. And Diavolo starts <laughs> gloating about how the arrow chose who is worthy and that Giorno wasn't. And then he bashes in golden experience's head. Uh, but it doesn't go quite as planned as all the punch does it was like shatter an hour layer of golden experience and reveal an updated and new version underneath. Uh, mm. The arrow also wiggles its way to the new stand of golden experience and embeds itself into it. And now the Avolo cannot cannot have the arrow at all. Apparently, yeah. Like so, um, I was. I, I are you sure that like he blasted a hole? Because like I thought that 
He punched a hole through his chest where, like, he was trying to stab the arrow. I thought he and did it, stab himself, though, at so- somehow, but maybe not. It, it was very confusing. It I showed him stabbing himself, but yeah. then uh, Diavolo used his powers to delete that period of time and then blast the hole through him so the arrow just passed through him effortlessly. Yeah, because he thinks that, like, oh, the arrow hasn't chosen him, but, yeah, it turns out, no, the arrow, like, chose the fuck out of Jorno. <laughs> like, yeah. chose him more than anyone else that had ever chosen before. Because uh, it's like, I, I'm just going to, like, eternally be with you or something. It's weird, yeah. Yes. It married him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, I guess this updated Golden Experience Requiem can now fire lasers from his finger. (laughs) Just out of nowhere, he's just like, pew! And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Golden Experience Requiem is like Iraqi's wet dream. (laughs) It's just so ridiculously overpowered in every way, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and he shoots it, and it goes through Diavol's palm. And it hits like a tower where he turns some of the breeze into scorpions and like one of them stabs Diavol's finger and he has to like quickly cut it's it off. It's very dramatic. It, it almost looks like it stabs his whole body or something. Mm-hmm. That that like shot was weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and Diavolo was also not able to predict the attack like usual. Yeah. But is only able to dodge barely because he could predict that the hole about the hole appearing in his hand. Right. <sighs> I like that rope. What happens next is a little weird. Not like everything of the century. <laughs> Not like the everything is weird. I think I put weird. that in there for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so Diavolo does his time skip thing and sees himself killing Giorno. Then Golden Experience Requiem in the middle of Diavolo's time freeze slash time delete explains that he has this ability and even Giorno doesn't know about it. Right. And this ability is just like some sh- trippy timey wimey stuff and happens. It basically just seems like he canceled out King Crimson's ability. Is what yeah. I that if like if I had to try to say Break exactly it what it is, yeah. he just, it just like cancels out his abilities. Like it can cancel out other stands' abilities. That's how I feel like. Uh, and then they end this episode with like Golden Experience Rec Room just punching the shit, you know, the moon, 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 into the Avolo. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so got there that. Well, I have a couple of things on this episode. Well, first of all, the OP, uh, every, you know, every JoJo season, you get one of those like sound effects OPs. And so they yep. did this, the sound effects full version of the OP in this episode. Um, there's a lot of funny stuff that happens when like uh, Golden Requiem, oh, sorry, Golden Experience Requiem and like Diavolo are floating in space. Like Diavolo is having his like time skips deleted by that. And so, like, he sees, like, multiple cloned versions of himself, and as he's, like, as they're realizing it at different times, they make this, like, funny noises, like, cuckoo-wah, 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 cuckoo-wah. Oh, or, like, yeah, it's the weird <laughs> surprise noises. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and they're in space or something, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's just turning around, like, perpetually forever didn't you what was that before we started recording didn't you say you were wondering if you got some kind of contact buzz before yeah. you started watching this <laughs> so like i was out partying really late and i was like I- i'm not re- ready to drive yet so i stayed at my friend one of my friend's houses and they they'd smoke a decent amount of mushrooms and so i was watching this this morning and I kept thinking, did I get a contact high or something? <laughs> I don't feel like this could be correct. And I think the the moment I thought that was when he's turning around, perpetually going, <gasps> and like making the surprise noise. I was like, what is 
So I was certain they were going to do some bullshit because like when when Jorno or Jorno stand, I can't remember which one said it was like, oh, I'm going to delete like all of the time that you have skipped or like I'm going to bring it back or reset it. I thought for sure that like Bruno was going to come back alive somehow. Like I, I thought it was going to reset like everything that had happened and like everybody was going to be alive again. Uh, but so they didn't do that. But they did, like, some weird, like, half measure where, like, he does all that and then it doesn't really change much. It just prevents Diavolo from predicting the true future at any point. Uh, and, like, negates, but like, both of his different, like, abilities, uh, like Leo said. And it's just kind of an ass pull. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I like it that much and I was like okay this is interesting but let's see what they do with the next two episodes to like you know really break this down and like make it fit with the rest of the show mm, yeah all let's I see have is more did. questions <laughs> let's see what they did okay episode 38 golden experience requiem this one has a really weird opening where we open with like all the guys I'm talking to like Narancia and Mista and Leone and uh F guy, what's his fucking Fugo? Yeah, okay, so, Fugo. so suddenly they're all alive again, and I was trying to figure out what the explanation for well, this was. I, I, I immediately assumed I was like, all right, this is a flashback of sorts. What's its well, purpose? Well, that's what I thought too. I never figured that out, by the way. So I was, <laughs> I know, I was like hoping that it wasn't a flashback. I was hoping that this was like an effect of Golden Experience, like turning back the clock or something. And then, like, Golden Experience would be able to affect the past in some way because it's what you know, it's so overpowered. Why not? Uh, but no, it's just a flashback. That's all, it's just a flashback and, before they ever met Jorno. And what they're discussing is Mista wondering what human uh, meat tastes like <laughs> because he's Mista. And <sighs> so <laughs> and it, <laughs> that happens. So and yeah, after that, that it's just Giorno being in the crap of Diavolo again. Uh, they also changed the OP where Diavolo usually does a speech, but with Golden Experience Rec Room reversing all that and tripping him out. So that was that was a cool OP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diavolo eventually goes flying into the river from Giorno's assault, and Trish and Mista jump up and become concerned when he can't find the body. Giorno, on the other hand, seems completely unconcerned about finding the body. Turns out Diavolo barely manages to get out of the river and crawl into a sewer before he gets stabbed by like a homeless guy all jacked up on drugs which had, okay i felt that yeah, this you, was yeah kind of appropriate yeah that, i like, do too i yeah, totally agree with you the mafia boss yeah. dies because of like the like pain and like chaos that he has spread by selling drugs around italy and stuff and so he's he becomes a victim of his own victimization of other people uh and also he doesn't get any like dramatic or special death it's just well, at like least he, this, this first one, anyway. You know, yeah, it's and like he's yeah. like he's like this is how I go out. What yeah. the fuck? Exactly. Not- <laughs> uh, he then wakes up later on an autopsy table, and here's the woman monologuing about his death and so on. You know, he died forty forty five hours ago, whatnot. And he's like talking to her, but she can't hear him. She can't see him talking or anything like that. And like she starts to perform the aut- autopsy, and Dio Volo experiences the whole thing he can feel all the pain and she's just like cutting into him she's like oh it's a bullet wound to the liver is what killed him i mean start stab wound to the liver and then oh, she and starts she like sawing him on him up. and he's like he's just like Wah. yeah she basically just just uh tortures him and he's still alive but she can't see that he's still alive right. and i was like what is this it's a nightmare is what it it's is a hell uh he but then he suddenly 
wakes back up on like a random street, has no idea where when he is, and he gets startled by like a small dog barking, and it causes him to fall back in the traffic. And he think he's thinking he's like, how can I die in such a stupid fucking way? This is really how I go after all I've achieved and done, and he gets hit by the car. <clears throat> but then we go back to Trish, who says they have to find his body because she can still sense he is alive. Jorno's like, don't worry about it, because even though he didn't see he, Golden experience Reckon's ability, he knows that it means that Diavolo will never arrive at his uh, truth or something. Right. It, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the ability means he will never actually and truly have an end. Yeah, he's just going to suffer in eternity, which is yeah. shitty. Yeah, okay, so it's just him dying in different ways forever. Yes. That's his new ability. Yeah, it never stops. That's well, fucked up, though. It is fucked like, up. <laughs> why is that his ability? I don't understand. You don't understand. Well, okay, but like, why would that be his ability? Because isn't their ability supposed to be reflection on who they are as a person? Yeah, so, okay, so Giorno, like, gives this speech, right, about how uh, only, like, people who have, like, true actions, like, the true actions of people who are acting truthfully will always be recognized. But people who are trying to be false, like, you know, Diavolo or whatever, uh, they will not, like, they will be fucked <laughs> like, by, over by Golden Experience Requiem at every turn, and, like, their actions will be negated. Um, sure, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, well, that that's so, like, it's been, like, a sort of thing of the series, like, Bruno and Giorno and everybody talking about, like, being true to themselves and, like, Dis- mm-hmm. especially these final two episodes, like, despite their fate being true to who they are, uh, whereas, like, Diavolo is not true to who he is. And not, I don't think he's true to any of the people who he has inhabited <laughs> or anything, so, yeah. So- I guess, I don't know. It just <laughs> felt... It's weird, okay? <laughs> oh, it's real weird, and I don't think it completely comes together, but it's, it's no. what they went for. We get one more skip back to Diavolo, who awakens in the field and like a little girl's asking him if he is all right. And Diavolo finally realizes he's going to keep dying over and over and is completely terrified of like the little girl. He's like, get away from me. Oh, shit. <laughs> she <laughs> might be like, like right. a younger version of that. Uh, the girl with the black hair from part four. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, who like dates. Uh, yeah. Oh, her her, her yeah. stand is like her hair. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She reminds me of like a little version of her. Okay. Uh, we go back to the earlier thing we start at the beginning of this episode with Mista talking about meat and all that shit. Don't you know that all the animals that eat vegetables are more delicious? <sighs> it's funny, though, because it is kind of like, hey, actually, you kind of have a point there. <laughs> Leo, let's go find a vegetarian and eat him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something some really fucked up uh, cannibal would say. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Only, I only go after vegetarians because they are the most delicious. <laughs> Like he starts hunting Buddhists or something. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, Bruno comes up and he has a visitor from a guy who runs a flower shop and he lost his daughter six months ago. She had started dating a sculptor and shortly after jumped off of his apartment building holding one of his sculptures. Uh, the father thinks it was a murder by the boyfriend, even though the police wrote it off as a suicide. He says if there's one thing him and his wife know for sure, it's his daughter would never kill herself. That moves Bruno enough and he tells Mr. to go and look into it for him. And Mista stands up, and suddenly he finds, like, a bowl-like sculpture in his seat. He touches it, and words, kill me, etch on his hand, and then quickly disappear. But Leone says, oh, you just bumped that sculpture. Be careful next time, you know. 
And like Mistus, like I don't remember bumping this. What the fuck? Where'd it come from? Yeah. Uh, and then outside, before they get in the car, Bruno tells Mista he can be rough with the guy and can go as far as making him not be able to walk for four or five years. <laughs> that's yeah. like, at your limit. That's about as far as you can go. It's like shit. Uh, <laughs> but that's when Mista suddenly sees a sculpture again behind a car. And when he goes and looks, he just kind of writes it off as debris from like some construction nearby. Mm-hmm. And then the credits start to roll over the show as it continues on their way to the guy's apartment. Mista mistakes some objects as sculptures on the way, but quickly gets over it. Bruno and the end decides to go after Mista as they drop him off because he remembered a rumor of stand users gathering in the city. Uh, last scene is Mista waiting at the elevator, and when it opens, he suddenly sees the rock inside and quickly blasts it with his gun. And then he then realizes this involves a, another stand user. And when the dust clears, the rock is now in the form of Bruno curled up on himself with like a hole in his chest. Dun dun dun. So nice. Any this questions? Is, this is where you start asking yourself, why the fuck are they doing this right now? Like, yep. I, yeah. Like, what are we okay, doing? First of all, what? Why are we getting this? I don't know. And you're like, maybe this has to tie into Golden Experience Requiem and what it did to Diavolo's time powers. Like, that was like what I'm thinking at this point. I, like, me too, me yeah. too. I was exactly, yeah. I was like, this is going to explain why Bruno was in his zombie form somehow. <laughs> no. Right? No. I felt like maybe they just wanted to give us more time with the characters that had died. And that was really the objective of this. Yeah, but, but Leone and Narancia are barely in it. It's exactly. about Mista. That's the Mista, problem. The survivor. Yeah. He's in there the whole time. That's because Mista is the, the favorite of all of the characters, which is dumb because I don't know why he's the favorite, but a lot of <laughs> polls show that he is. And it's also because so, somebody who survives at the end needs to remember this moment and tell us how, why it's important in the future. But it's, the oh, problem is it's not wait, that important. Wait, it's, it's important? Not important. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they want us to think it is, but like... Honestly, it would have been better if they just had a moment where for some weird reason they all came back to life and they just had like a touching thing at the end and then they all died again or something. They could have done so many different things. Also, I just want to note that like the OP changes again in episode 38 for the final time, I think. Um, where they could have they could have taken the time that they spent making that yeah. OP and planned out <laughs> the actual point. plot more. Yeah. I mean, the OP is really been cool. Better. Like, where I mean, yeah, but I would rather have a plot that makes sense. Than I mean, really oh, cool I totally thing. agree. Like, yeah, I would rather yeah. have both things. But yeah, like, it's cool that they they have it like where Diavolo normally breaks into the OP and screws stuff up. Uh, that Giorno's yeah, golden talk, experience that. requiem happens and yeah, it, yeah it's and cool reverses all that yep. tripping them out so on. it's very cool <sighs> last episode you guys ready uh i just yeah. i will say i wrote down <laughs> after this episode like all of this shit needs to start tying into episode 37 somehow or i'm giving this a bad no. rating no, <laughs> it doesn't spoiler alert it doesn't it means nothing this whole flashback could be a taken out and you would have missed nothing so that's sad to say. So episode 39, The Sleeping Slave, the final episode. Uh, it starts with Mr. Emily shooting uh, Scolipi. Is, what's yeah, that mean, Become? Oh, good question. I'll look it up while you're talking. Okay. I, I he shoots Scolipi in the hand when it looks like he's about to do something. And then he shoves him in the elevator and he starts it going up and kind of like, you know, forces him against the wall and starts interrogating him. Uh, he doesn't know what a stand is, Scolipi. 
doesn't know what a stand is, and this ability of his started happening when he was young. He also claims that the rock moves on its own, and he has no control over it. He also says the stone was not following him, it was actually following Bruno. If you had a creepy stand ability where a rock followed you around and predicted people's deaths and changed into them, and then they died, and that was everyone around you, what would you do, Leo? <laughs> you would... I think just go on with your life and then... No, because your life would be so miserable. You would never be able to have friends or like loved ones or anything because no matter who it was, they would die by well, your Well, no, not necessarily. They, it predicts their deaths. So like they were already going to die. So like they were going to die anyways. They were already chosen by fate, Cat. So it, it would it's just... Creepy. you would get a, You would get a two weeks heads up that they're going to fucking die and there's nothing you can do about it. Basically. It's creepy as fuck, and I feel like that man should be way less adjusted than he is. Like, he should be a fucking wreck. He should, like, just be so mentally fucked up from that. that I, that's a good point, I think. I don't know. I think you could definitely pretty much still carry on a normal life. You would just. I mean, maybe if you're I, I think a psychopath, you, no, you I have no empathy you would for adjust the people around you. You would adjust because then you would be like, "Oh, it looks like this coworker of mine." Or like, hell, let's go back to like, say you're in middle school. You're like, "Oh, this my teacher's not going to make it through next week, huh?" But this is like the fiftieth fucking time you've known of somebody dying. It it you it'd be just knowing when people are going to die ahead of time. And I don't. I don't, I don't know if that would fuck with you. It, well, does he know when, though? Into... I don't think he knows when. He doesn't when. know when. He just yeah. knows sometime just knows in the future. Kind of like how, right? Well, yeah. but wouldn't that fuck you up, too, not knowing when? Yes. Like, well, I'm that's just what saying, it, what it is I, now. I we don't know it, when. Unless you're a psychopath, it would either turn you into a psychopath or you would be really Well, that's the thing. Up. Right now, we know everybody's going to die eventually, but, you know, we don't, you mean, and we cope with it. Yeah, this, is all, this well, gets but, all into like predetermination stuff because it's like, oh, if you know how someone's <laughs> going to die and you still tell them and they still can't prevent it, like that's just really frustrating. In one, yeah. in one. Especially, well, it, what you have to think about is like if he falls in love with somebody and then he knows how they're going to die, that's that's when it's really rough. That sucks. Yeah. That, that would, sucks for him. I mean, it's yeah. going to hit you hard anyways when somebody dies and you don't know it. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean. Uh, it, I'm just saying, he seems way too well adjusted. Uh, by the way, apparently Scolippi is their like shitty way of trying to say scalopine, which is like the Italian word for like scalloped meat or whatever in a dish, like veal scalopini or something. So that's where his name comes from, apparently. Okay. All right, whatever. Uh, Scolippi says he needs to get to Bruno to save him, and Mista's like just believing none of it. Uh, he suddenly realizes the rock is gone now and holds Scalipi in front of him like a shield. Scalipi continues to talk about some Michelangelo quote and also says that the statue of Bruno had a hole in his chest and that's how he will die sometime in the future because we are all slaves. Like the fate. Michelangelo quote is also about like predetermination because it's like Michelangelo saying like, oh, there is one sculpture in any given piece of rock and it is the sculptor's job to find out what that is to yeah. discover that perfect sculpture inside of it. Um, which is, you know, an interesting way of thinking. It's all about fate, and which is what the whole end of the show is about, is fate. So, Whoa. Uh, He calls the rocks his prophecy stones, and that if Bruno can touch it, he can die without suffering. Mister's getting fed up and, like, loads three bolts into his gun and kind of does, you know, like a Russian roulette thing on, and, like, 
holds a tomb, pulls the trigger, mm-hmm. demands more answers from the guy. Uh, Scalipi says, did you notice the florist could hardly walk? He says he has a disease affecting one of his organs, and he will likely survive from an organ transplant from his daughter. The daughter also found out she would contract the disease soon also and decided to kill herself while she was still healthy so her father could get the transplants. Which is interesting. So then you can change your fate. Well, because she had a hold of the stone. Because apparently, if you can get a hold of the stone, you can change your fate. But she didn't die the way the stone said. So it's still technically a change of fate. It's a change of fate. Even though it's still death. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Also, so yeah, I think the stones are like rolling stones. That's like the actual translation, but they can't use it. So they call them prophecy stones, which Uh, is, I mean, it makes sense. It's kind of what they are. You know, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, Mista goes to fire one more time, and it's a misfire. Scalipi says he knew he wasn't going to die because the stones hasn't sculpted his death yet. Uh, Mista ends up pistol whipping him as they arrive on the seventh floor. He calls Fugo and asks for Bruno. Fugo acts surprised because Bruno went after Mista and says, oh, you should have met up with you by now. Uh, Then Mista fires off some bullets and instructs him to go find Bruno before him before he goes back in the elevator and starts going back down. And he's asking the guy how to get uh, to the stone. Uh, Scalipi tells him that if they are able to destroy the rock, then they might be able to change his, his fate. Uh, then bolt number one has found Bruno on the stairs and he is unfortunately looking at the rock. Mista quickly fires three more bullets that make it to Bruno in time and knocks the rock down the stairs. But then the rock comes back up on its own. <laughs> what? Cat? Do you re- do we really have to like listen to this whole exchange with this bizarre <laughs> don't, don't rock? Worry. I t- and then- I I, oh. I quickly shorten it up here in a minute because I'm like this okay. is stupid. I know. <laughs> and Mister arrives, and then finally Mister arrives in time to knock it away again before anyone can touch it. And right here, this is how I wrap it up. The whole thing eventually resolves in Mister holding the rock as he falls through the air. It smashes it into the ground. Are you happy? I skipped the rest. <laughs> I was typing it out, like, and I'm like, this is stupid. This is too long so already. Much time. It's so much time of them being like, the rock is still coming oh, after shit. us. Oh, no. And like dramatically doing it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. And what it, is this? And also, like, I don't think destroying the rock did anything, right? Because like, it no, didn't it alter does nothing. Bruno's uh, destiny. I'll get to that. He uh, uh, missed the survives by landing on top of the car Fugo is driving. And also because his face didn't appear on the rock, meaning it wasn't time for him to die. Mista trying to explain what all happened and struggling to me is what me doing the synopsis every week. Just like, yeah, I get it, bro. It's, it's, he goes, he's, he's literally going, oh, man, I don't know how to explain this. This is really weird. Strange. I'm like, yes! This is the whole fucking time I've been doing this show! <laughs> you get it! You get it! <laughs> I feel like that's like Iraqi trying to write like his, his readers talking back to him at the same time. Like... <laughs> Mr. Rocky, saw, I don't understand anything that you just wrote. Can you please well, run that by me? I think it's me? him himself going, I don't understand what <laughs> I, I don't, just wrote. I don't understand this either. <laughs> no, I, I think it's the writers being like, well, this is what he said we should do, but we don't really get it either. We don't agree with it. But that's what he said. So, okay. <laughs> All right. They, okay, let's wrap this up. They leave, and the wind blows away the dust from the rock, and you see Leone's, Naranchia's, and Bruno's faces, the three that died during the whole adventure. So, yeah, smashing it didn't change anything, like you said, Bicom. We right. quickly go back to the current time, and they're so. This is we got Giorno, Trish, and Mista, and they're making their way back to the Coliseum. Finally, relevant shit again. <laughs> yeah, Trish suddenly like disappears, and it makes Mista worry. But it turns out she was just 
got sucked into the turtle that is now uh, haunted by Polnaroff's <laughs> ghost. I, I was like, it. why are we having this exchange at all right now? <laughs> oh, I mean, it's good. I, like, I want to see how they end up. Like, I, you know, like... I don't give a shit about anything anymore with this anime. <laughs> when, they, when, a, when an anime takes a shit this bad, I don't give a crap. You want to know what? I heard part six is even fucking weirder. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so Giorno decides to not destroy the arrow and he ends up keeping inside the turtle. Uh, there's a cute little scene between Trish and Mista about smelling each other. Yeah, oh, I know. It's I'm like, are they, are they basically getting together? And, it's, yeah. and it seems to be setting them up as a couple potentially later on. Which okay, is like, see, yeah. I wanted more shit like that from this finale. Like more of like just friends being friends and like, like oh friends. The, the problem yeah. is that like friends. too many of them were dead to have that. But like, oh yeah, they could have done something similar with the flashback. <laughs> but like the flashback just ended up being this stupid thing focused on like the Rolling it, Stones guy. It doesn't add anything to the. Fu- it, it doesn't it answer a nothing. fucking thing. It adds, it adds nothing. nothing. Like when you're gonna do like a nothing. retroactive like thing like that, you need to actually add something to the series. And like the Rolling Stone prophecy doesn't change anything uh like the the most you could like try to say is that like oh uh mista like saving bruno back then allowed this whole story to happen but like that wasn't his fate to die then like well i mean like maybe it was i don't know the rock he was on the rock so maybe he was fated to die well like he said he died from a hole in his chest which is if i can remember correctly is what diavolo did to him right but then giorno came in and saved him was the smashing of the rock the causing it to lengthen it doesn't tell you it doesn't nope doesn't tell you no and uh but back to the little smelling scene she she's like actually you don't really smell that bad but then she's like your fingers are still weird and then there's just like that moment a pause yeah. and then they both start like laughing yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny i started laughing too i was like that's awesome that was like the best part of the last episode easily like that little easily, human moment easily was great yeah, and then there's just a quick after credits that simply shows Giorno being initiated as, a, as the new boss of the. And it, yeah, it shows Mista kissing his hand, which is at the beginning With, of like, the second the black OP. Cap on. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. So that that's what that whole scene was at the beginning of the second OP. It was like the very end of the show this whole time. I fully expect there to be so many cosplayers of that moment <laughs> with the black cap. And like there to be a lot of kneeling scenes of people kissing someone else's hand at anime conventions. <laughs> it was also a, extremely evocative of the last scene of The Godfather, Part One, uh, where yeah. Michael, Michael Corleone takes like the boss's, the Don's seat in his office, and there's a couple of men in black suits around him, and then Kay, his wife, is like outside the door looking in, kind of like where Mista is, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's. They obviously were trying to evoke that scene, which makes sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay, so, Leo, mm-hmm. tell me tell me how, why I should want to watch any more JoJo <laughs> after this. Because this is the first JoJo series I've watched, and this seems like a bunch of trash. Okay. It seems like I tried. Watch- it was really good at the beginning, and then it, it just shattered. To bed. me, this is probably my least favorite out of all of it definitely watch the rest <laughs> you don't have to watch them in order really you can watch them whatever watch part defer- four definitely Fucking part four watch part and four. four and three are probably my favorites for sure diamond is unbreakable and uh damn it help me be gone battle tendency phantom blood stardust crusaders stardust crusaders okay those two 
So uh, okay. I will say, like, part of the reason I'm so disappointed with these last couple episodes is because the and the last few episodes of part four were so fucking spectacular that it was just like it lifted the whole series up even more than it, I already liked it. Uh, well, and, also, yeah. I feel like I can make sense of the rest of the series. Well, but yeah. then this one's just like, <laughs> what the fuck are you going on now? Okay, so even th- this is not normal for the series. It's normal for the series to be weird, series, but not like yes, this. Yes, it's been weird, but it like really stretched it this time. Like your sense of disbelief, like like it's you've always had to be pretty wary with it with the rest of the series, but like this one just like fucking shattered it with these especially these last two episodes. And I wouldn't even care that much if it was in like service of like furthering the characters, but I just felt like Jorno and Bruno's characters didn't have really like a moment together at the end here. Like, no. like, and neither did many of the other characters either. So I was just like kind of left hanging on that whole emotional arc of everything they had been through over the course of this series. And like, so I, w- I did, I wouldn't have minded all the crazy, like golden experience Requiem stuff. If, if there was more character stuff built into it. <laughs> and now that I think back on it, they just flat out killed Naranchi off in literally a second, and that was the end of it. <laughs> yep. He was just alive one moment, dead the next. No consequences really afterwards. Just dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, there are consequences for Diavolo in that he has to spend an eternity in suffering. Uh, so he gets his for Yeah, but no doing consequences this, from but... Naranchi's death. No, no, not really. Yeah. Poor Naranchi. Uh, yeah, it was just a weird conclusion to this whole thing. Like that, I, I agree that like that whole flashback, I see kind of what they were trying to do, but like it made it so the last two episodes only had like eight or 10 minutes of actually like relevant stuff. Like that was like from present day with, you know, how Diavolo ends up. And they then, honestly should have yeah. just made a 40 minute episode 37 and just been fucking done with it. Yeah. And I, I think they should have not done this flashback. Like, I don't think it added anything no, useful. It, nothing. Zero. It doesn't explain anything. It doesn't it just added add confusion. to the characters. Yeah, it just add, makes things confusing. Like, specifically, I think us going, why is this even in here? <laughs> like, I, I thought that, like, maybe, oh, maybe this is some weird setup for part six. And I don't know, like, I haven't had that confirmed or denied or anything, but it doesn't seem like they were setting anything up. I don't think so. Part six is about... Oh, I can't think of her name, Jolene or something. Yeah. The daughter of whoever. And she's like in prison. The daughter of whoever. I, I, I can't. I, I think it's Jotaro, <laughs> but I don't want to be. I don't want to get it wrong. People, so, people did like that moment in the OP where Giorno uh, in the last two episodes, he does like a Dio pose, like looking mm-hmm. over his shoulder with his hand like out. Like, so that was cool. Speaking of like the son of whoever, like son of Dio, they like really barely dug into that like i was surprised that they didn't talk more about like giorno's past and like who he comes from and tie that into all of this it was just yeah, like considering no. dio is a fucking huge ass character in the jojo universe <laughs> yeah you would think and that we're not gonna a touch on how he had a child <laughs> you also would have thought, thought that like maybe polnaroff would have had some thoughts about that <laughs> like oh yeah God, no. that would have been great yeah it's just so many like weird things left hanging that you feel like they could have done more with and and as much as i liked a lot of like the crazy fights in this series and stuff it's just like so many loose ends actually did anybody in this show know that he was the son of dio or is that for just us the viewers to know i think it's the viewers to know yeah, yeah. i don't think anybody knew so 
I, I guess that makes sense why they didn't go into it. But us as the viewers, why fucking tell us this and not go into it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird decision. I don't know. Oh, weird decisions being made. All right, so we've come to the end of the spring season now. I guess we should probably rate JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 Golden Wind so we have all of our ratings for the shows we watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Who wants to sure. go first? You're not going to like it. Just go You're not going to fucking like it. I give it a 4 out of 10 because uh, for me, it makes me very angry when a series doesn't have a good ending or I, I can't even if, if I were, if someone were to ask me what happened at the end of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Win, I don't think I could really tell them what happened. Honestly, yeah, I I, I, I agree I because could. I just did that and I couldn't. <laughs> I I can't sit there and go, well, that this happened and then they defeated the person this way. I don't I don't really know. That's all pretty hazy to me, honestly. Um, don't so, let it discourage you from checking out the rest of the series, though. I I will say that. Yeah. Hazy endings are the least satisfying type of endings, though, you know? Yeah, it's it's annoying when you're left in the lurch like that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it always makes me mad, so. What about, okay. you, about you, Leo? I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. It's still on the positive side because I still strongly like the series as a whole, even though it, even though this part had a weird ending that was not really necessary at all. I actually thought for a minute it was going to explain what went on with Bruno being a zombie for half the show, but they didn't do that, so I don't no, see the point they with didn't. it. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking didn't. Oh, that makes me angry, too. You can't just have a zombie character for no apparent reason and then never explain it. Ever. <laughs> with that being said, I still love the weird <laughs> stuff. I love the crazy stamp powers. I would still love if more would be made, even though I heard part six gets even more crazier and weird. So <laughs> how about you, Becom? Uh so yeah, this whole show was just like a huge mixed bag for me. I so I ended up on like a five out of ten. Like it has a lot of fun characters that I enjoyed following and like a lot of really fun, like really creative fights. Um, completely agree a lot of fun yeah unfortunately they fucked up the end you know yeah and just like the overall narrative i felt like was a little bit messy because like the ending didn't felt like it was something that they built to over the course of the whole show it just kind of felt like a thing that happened at the end and then they did this retroactive flashback to try and make it like oh this was the thing we were talking about the whole time when it really just didn't feel like that it just felt like it it was a rushed to come together at the end and there was no like long-reaching plan that you could see building from the beginning. Um, I still think this is a series that's worth watching for the music, like for the art style, for the animation at times, for like the goofy fights. Like it's still a pretty decent watch. Like I wouldn't rate it below average, but, uh, and I still think this is probably top three Jojo for me from what I've seen. Cause I haven't seen Stardust Crusaders. So I would say part four, <gasps> part four is How easy. Could- number one. You have to go watch it as soon as we finish recording. <laughs> It's so long. It's so good. I'll get you to won't it. Care. I will get to it. You'll it's start like, binging it and it'll be like fucking midnight and you're like, I fucking need to go to bed, but I want to see the goddamn next episode. It's the last one I need to get to because I've seen everything else. I love part four. I really like part two. I think I like part three a little bit more than part one overall, even with the bad. So I would that would that would be my ranking at the moment, basically. Um but yeah, it's such a step down from part four. I can't help but be a little bit disappointed. Um Part four had its shit together for sure. <laughs> so yeah, one of the best EDs too. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Oh god, so good. Um, <sighs> so yeah, we ended up ar- around like a little bit over a five 
in general uh, between the three of us. So yeah, makes sense. But <laughs> I think does not listen, sound happy about. I think that. you guys wanted this to be like a seven or an eight or a nine, though. Like I wanted it to you know. be a good show. I liked the beginning of it. I'm just mad because I don't like it when shows just fuck everything up for themselves. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. They have such a good staff. Like, how could they let this happen? How could they look at this and be like, yep, this is what we're submitting for the final few episodes? Well, they're adapting the material. Like, this is how the manga ended. Like, so they're just adapting the manga because, like, it would be even crazier if they decided to, like, let's do a different ending from the manga. (laughs) Well, but, I mean, I guess I could do what Netflix did and just pretend the weird parts didn't happen. (laughs) Remember, like, with (laughs) Violet Evergarden? They could do a Violet Evergarden and be like, we're just not going to address that weird rock thing that that he did. Yeah, what, but, you know, Japanese studios are not, are not Netflix, so they Netflix could, is that's I mean, new for them. There were a lot of opportunities in this last couple episodes to, like, add in extra scenes between, like, Bruno and Giorno and anybody else, really, because of all, like the Leo said, like, the timey-wimey bullshit that was going on. They could have done literally anything they wanted to do, but they decided mm-hmm. to say true to the source for the most part so yeah i i mean i think even fans would have been fine if they had contacted the creator and been like would yeah. you like to change this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and as long as it came from the creator then yeah you know i think people would be fine with it but yeah they, they would be okay with it probably but yeah we got what we got and it's a little disappointing unfortunately so yeah. Yeah. it's still i guess not the most fucked up thing i've seen Related to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Kat. That was actually my first introduction to the series. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, no, no, the, so my first introduction to knowing that there was a thing called JoJo's Bizarre Adventures was a hentai. <laughs> of course, um, God. A, a fan-made hentai uh-huh. um, where the, the grandfather and the grandson... <laughs> Okay, can you just do the outro already? <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? And then I had to be explained that it was this thing called JoJo and that this that was just a fanfic and all this. And I was like, what? You, so you thought it was Jonathan, but it was actually me, Dio. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the most fucked up I've seen, I've seen related to the JoJo series. Just do the outro. I'm just Good. shaking my head. Just Good. <laughs> you should be. You did this to us. God damn. Uh, thanks for listening to this mess. Mm-hmm. Remember to fucking like, follow, and subscribe to us on YouTube to get updates on shit. You can also find our podcast on any place you get podcasts because you're take, not an idiot you know where to get podcasts out, take that anger out no <laughs> never uh you can also follow us on twitter at nerd of another for updates as well and you can come hang out on our discord and maybe i'll yell at you and you'd fucking like that wouldn't you you little bitch <laughs> all right well and with that <laughs> we'll see you fucking next time Woo! bye summer impressions later. coming up see you later oh god <laughs>